Hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to the program, Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is also the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Joseph Matichich, Secretary for the Seventh Adventist Church in South Australia, and I'm delighted to be able to be your host for the program today. Welcome along wherever you might be joining us. Our text line number is 0488 880811. Love to hear from you and um, hear your thoughts and comments. Well, welcome to a new week on Drive Time. Our topic for this week is the church in an age of cultural change. And today we're going to be looking at the question, has culture changed the church? Joining me today is Pastor William Mawala, pastor of the Paravista and Gawler Seventh-day Adventist churches here in Adelaide, South Australia. Good afternoon, William. Good afternoon, Joseph. It's good to be in the studio with you once again. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, great, great to have you along. And uh, Welcome to, again, another new week on, on Drive Time. Uh, we awesome. have an interesting topic that we're, we're looking at we here. We do, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, we're looking at uh, the whole issue of um, the church in an age of cultural change. I mean, there is, there is a lot of change, isn't there? Yep. And um, we're going to be exploring how has the church been changed um, and uh, what impact what impact that, that, that has had. Um, well, we're into spring, uh, William, and uh, the weather is warming up, and certainly in is. different parts of uh, certainly different parts of the country, and the blossoms are out, and um, uh, things are in some ways you know, sort of greening up, and yep. new, new life and growth, and lots lots kind of happening. Um, school holidays in 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 various places at the moment, um, and uh, I'm not sure, William, uh, whether you're a bit of a um, uh, a sports sports follower, but um, the football finals are on also. AFL. Yeah, look, I, I I grew up in Sydney, so um, grew up watching league and basketball and all that. So I uh, wasn't really um, into the AFL, but I saw a little bit of the highlights on the weekend, and I, I think, was it Melbourne Demons they won? That's it. So, um, yeah, look, yeah, congratulations to them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's as much as I can say on the AFL front. I'm not really... Um, up to speed with the players and the journey and of all the various teams, but I do believe it was the Melbourne Demons versus the. Do you call them Melbourne Demons or? Yes, I think that. Yeah, and against the Western Bulldogs. So, yep, I knew that happened. I mean, there was quite a few games on the weekend. The, the Wallabies played Argentina. I, I still don't know who won that one because I'm so. Can I just be open? I'm just sick of the Wallabies losing. I mean, I'm a Wallaby supporter. My wife is uh, All Blacks, and. Um, Gets very heated at home when we watch the Wallabies versus All Blacks. Uh, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that would be an interesting yeah. time. I mean, but the Wallabies, um, yeah, they, I, I don't know. I need to probably look online here on during the break and see actually who won. But there was that. There was the Wallabies playing. There was, um, if you're into the NRL, um, I think it was the. Um, who was it? The Panthers that beat the Storm, so they're going into the grand final in, in, in a week or so. I don't know what day it is, but they. So it's going to be the um, the Rabbitohs versus the Panthers. So that's I'm probably going to be up for that game. So, um, 
And if I can't watch it, you know, if I'm at church or something, I'll, I'll watch highlights. It's, it will be all plastered all over YouTube. So, yeah, so even in league, I, I don't really have a team or anything. But uh, my dad, he was a pretty staunch uh, Parramatta Eel supporter growing up okay. in the 80s. I think it was, you know, Parramatta versus the Bulldogs, the classic dynasties back then. So, um yeah, there's a lot of sports if you're into sports this past weekend. And, and look, we're not here into sports on, on Faith FM other than it, it, it is really a, a, that time of the year in, in our country, yeah. though. And, um, and let's, let's face it, William, for, for, for many people, uh, sport really is their religion, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean... That, that's what they follow. They're, they're, they're very passionate about it. And in fact, there's, there's, there's even some sort of interesting you know, parallels you could, you, you could almost draw out when you, when you see... Uh, devoted fans go, going along to sports games or following sports games, comparing that to to people, um, you know, going to a church, for instance, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got a word that comes to mind. I don't want to be, I don't want to degrade anybody's experience with this, but but it's it's almost like a form of worship. Yeah, you know, particularly some of these these superstars who earn a lot of money. You know, like I can just think off the top of my head a few now, and yeah, they are. They're um, put on a pedestal, um, not just in yeah. Australia, but all across the world. So very much so, very yeah. much so. You, so you, you, yeah, to, to me that is uh, clearly an example of, of really you know, modern day worship. Because, uh, uh, well, you know, a form of false worship, clearly. But um, you, you see that um, when, when the f- fans are there and they're, they're they're cheering or chanting, you know, they're, they're um, uh, sometimes even you, you'll actually see them, you know, sort of almost um, bowing or. Yeah. Uh, Waving their arms down in in, um, in in that kind of form, in you know when a when their sports star runs around near, near them in that part of the in front of that part of the crowd or something like that. So yeah. it yeah it, it certainly is. Um, it can become. Did a, you have your stake in any of the teams uh, AFL? Not in the grand final this oh, year, okay. no. So so yeah. who is your team, by the way? Do, uh, do you have a team? I have a team. Maybe I shouldn't declare that oh, on, okay. online, but uh, <laughs> they did reasonably well this right. year. And fair um, enough. Yeah, and uh, look, it's yeah. Try not to get into it too much, but um, uh, yeah, if the time allows it. But it's it's certainly something that yeah, Australian sport uh, sport is, is is a major thing. Sport is is also quite an outlet for a lot of Australians. Yeah. Um, and in times when things are t- perhaps a bit tough or, or or not going as they'd like like it to go, uh, people sort of use it as a as a bit of an escape, really, William. Mm. Um, yep. Uh, whether it be sport, whether it be a person's job, their their, their work. Uh, whether it be some other forms of entertainment, uh, people look at these, turn to these, and use these as, um, in a sense, as a bit of an escape, as a as a way to uh, try to get some relief from from the, um, the some of the challenges that yep. they face in life. Absolutely. And, um, and I guess we would l- really like to think and uh, want to draw people to the fact that um, ultimately um, we we are to find in in God. Uh, put our faith and trust in Him and, and His Word. He, he gives us hope. Uh, he gives us meaning and purpose in life. And um, that's that's uh, that's not an escape. That's not some something that's that's um, yeah. just just passing. Because you know, one of the real um, I guess limitations when you think about sport is um, yeah, it's great. Your team may win today. But that doesn't last forever at all. Mm. Uh, next time, another team wins and, and it moves on. Those sports stars that did wonderfully well perform and are heroes and are cheered and all of that, in just a few short years, they'll just yeah. be gone too. Yeah. Um, doesn't last forever. Yep. Um, but the Word of God 
endures forever. Amen. To Jesus that. Christ, the Bible tells us, is the same yesterday, today, and Amen. forever. Amen on that. And um, and so that's why here on Faith FM, we want to we want to bring out uh, eternal matters uh, and um, and 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 highlight that. Absolutely. And, well, uh, William, it's, it's it's interesting times we do live in, and we focus a little bit on on some things that are, that are happening in 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 the world in the in in the area of, of, of as we do here. We have a bit of a section. Um, yep, world, world, watch. world watch. That's right. Um, this is this is a very topical. Um, news item I found, uh, William, uh, that it's, it's a question. It says, is there likely to be a religious exemption for the COVID-19 vaccine? Oh. Now, this has been a, such a hot topic, William. And, it has. <laughs> no, we're, we're not going to even pretend right from the outset that we're going to try to, um, uh, sort this out here. This is, this is not our purpose whatsoever, by yep. the way. Um, this, this article, uh, uh, William, I- I here in um, reporting the ABC News, is there likely to be a religious exemption for the COVID-19 vaccine? Um, it's talking about the fact that, um, uh, as as we'd all be aware, um, the the mandating of the vaccine is proving to be quite a divisive thing, William. Yeah. Um, and um, across across society, uh, there've been, been people protesting about this whole issue of, yeah. of the vaccine being 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 mandated. And um, and so then there are uh, those who are protesting against it from um, so to, so so to speak religious per, uh, reasons or, or um, per- perspectives. Um, this article says that no major religion in Australia has expressly told its followers to forego vaccination against COVID-19. In fact, uh, many faith leaders have actually played a key role in, in combating vaccine misinformation in their communities, yeah. it says here. Um, but uh, clearly still there are some who um, who are wanting to claim from religious reasons that they should be exempt from receiving uh, the the vaccine, okay, um, and it's this, uh, yeah, and it's um, uh, it, it's related to this here. The article here makes a point that um, it doesn't mean that people aren't being guided by their beliefs when deciding to refuse the jab, and it's this grey area that. Um, According to Dr. Renee Barker, an expert in law and religion at the University of Western Australia, has said that it will make it difficult for the legal system to rule on whether policies that bar unvaccinated people from participating in certain activities warrant a religious exemption provision. Okay, uh, that's that's the that's the big question there. Yeah, um, can. Uh, 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 can, can, can this warrant a religious exemption? Uh, and that's going to be really, really, really tough. Now, what was interesting, William, is that um, looking back through Australia's recent history, this news article pointed out that there's only been one religion that has successfully lobbied for a vaccine exemption, and that's been the, the Christian scientists. Okay. A small sect of uh, a small sect who believe in prayerful healing to manage their health. They're, they're really tiny, according right. to the twenty sixteen census. That? There's only nine hundred seventy four yeah. Australians reported. Yeah, so they're, they're a very very tiny. I thought it was the um, Church of Scientology, but no, this is a different one. That, and that's what I thought too. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. No, this is another group. Yep. But here's here's what I want to uh, sort of bring out a little bit here, William. Um, Doctor Barker in this article brings out that there's been a. Um, a handful of cases where Australian courts have been asked to determine whether a person really did something on the basis of their religion, which is protected under anti-discrimination legislation. So 
this is this is what this is you know and currently obviously the the issue is the, the vaccine but just stepping back from that yeah. for a moment yep um the question is whether a person really does something on the basis of their religion or not. Right. Um, and to highlight the distinction, the article here uh, uses an example cited here by Dr. Barker where she gives this example. If someone chooses to be vegan because they believe it is good for their health and their workplace refuses to provide vegan options at a lunch event, it is not discrimination. Yep. Okay. But if someone abstains from eating animal products because it's part of their religion and the workplace fails to accommodate this, that is religious discrimination. Wow. Uh, and so uh, that's really, really interesting. Um, uh, this then becomes more complicated when someone's religious belief does not align with the commonly held practices of their organization. Mm, okay. Uh, Religious practice and religious belief are very nuanced, and it's it's very very diverse. So uh, that that there's the challenge, isn't it, William? Um, now um, we we have some who think that on religious grounds they uh, they feel they should be exempt, others not. So you've got this really. Really interesting scenario. Yeah. Uh, if someone is claiming that on religious beliefs they shouldn't, is that their conscience? Is that a you know? Is that a personal matter of conscience? Yeah. Uh, and but then there's others who, who who think of it differently. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's certainly a tension there, where some people want to you know refuse to get vaccinated. I mean, in this article at least, um, on religious grounds. Um, so I'm glad I'm not a lawyer. I'm glad I'm not. Um, you know, the ones making the policies in our government and kind of people who are on the firing line with, with this particular um, debate that's going on in our country. Because it is, I guess, I guess you know, you talk to, you know, 10 people, you know, five who are for it, five are against it. You know, they're going to have their own personal reasons, probably their own personal stories. So, yeah, I mean, don't necessarily want to comment yay or nay on it, but it, it just really highlights the... Um, the, the culture, the time we're living in, in as regard, in regards to Christianity. Yeah. You know, now it's, um, you know, one of the churches I pastor, it's, um, causing quite a challenge because of the introduction of, uh, mask wearing in our public, uh, worship services. There are some who see that as a direct, uh, infringement upon their religious liberty. And so they are very adamant that what the government is, is mandating in terms of how we are to operate in mm. the current situation. They see that as a direct infringement upon their religious freedom. So how do you, you know, talk to a person who is very got the heels dug in on that particular thing? And so, you know, as as pastors and as leaders, we we have to walk wisely in this in this um this conversation. I, I don't have the answers, but the, I think there's a balance between um adhering to you know what the government is trying to do but then there's all there's also the other side of the coin you know at what point do we um draw the line so to speak um and this is a tension that we see in the scriptures you know in in the book of acts there is that classic passage there in acts 5 when uh, peter was told not to preach in the name of jesus and he says in acts 5 well basically well basically well whether you say that or not, well, I'm going to obey God, yeah. you know. So there are instances in the scriptures where the Christians had to stand up against the government. Um, 
so I think the real question is everyone's drawing the line at different um, different um, uh, well how do I call it at different time event yeah I don't know how I'm putting the words but people are drawing the line based on their experience and what they believe is right that's right and everyone has a in a sense a subjective kind of parameter of, of where they're drawing that line for some the mask wearing is a line yeah and so um, I believe if I don't want to and for some, it's not. Yeah, for some, it's not. So, yeah. you know, the Bible tells us as, as Christians, I'm talking to believers now, it's um, we are a body, and so how we move forward together, that's the that's the challenge. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, look, I, I can't really speak either positively or negatively against someone who really sees it an infringement on their worship. Because if I was in their shoes and I saw that as a direct conflict with my personal conscience in how I express my faith to God, you know, um, you know, that's, that's how people are actually feeling right now. Mm. And they just see, you know, the mask wearing and, and all of these subtle infringements. We can't sing. We have to do this. And, and a lot of people, and we, let's just be open. We're talking within our faith context here in what I'm going to say next. A lot of people seeing that as this is the beginning of what prophecy has been predicting. And uh, there's an element of truth to that. Because we do see in the Bible that in the book of Revelation, there is going to be a clear worship is going to be the pivotal issue at the in end the end time. times. Yeah. So some people are saying right now is um, now is the time to draw that line. So, so yeah, look, um, I don't know where people stand on that. Um, I was talking to my wife about it just this week because um, we're, we're planning to fly overseas to New Zealand if, if the borders open. We're hoping it would. And I think she was saying to me that, well, you can only fly if you're vaccinated. So that's brought a bit of a dilemma. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, whichever way you go, there's repercussions, whether you're in the workplace, in the family. And I, I think that's part of why there's so much hostility is, I mean, um, with regard, like we saw just on the news in Melbourne just uh, a few days ago, last week, when there's, you know, apparently the construction workers, the unions were really upset right. because they had to be vaccinated to go on the job site. So, I mean, I, I'm not in that position right now, um, Joseph, no. you know, but if I was told you have to get vaccinated um, or else you can't work, and if you don't, it's going to cost you, it's going to, you're going to have to, you know, you won't get paid, basically. Mm. I don't know how I would feel, you know. So there are some people in our country, this is not just, uh, this is not an easy matter. Like, this is literally um, costing people's um, livelihood, you know. Food on the table is at stake, so th- this is a very emotional, very um, heated debate, and rightly so, because the implications uh, go far beyond than just t- taking a jab. It- it's much more than that. It goes deep. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of my perspective. Yeah. On this. No, I appreciate that, William. It it, it certainly is a it, it's a very very difficult issue, yep. and um, yeah, w- watch this space and, and see how how things continue to unfold. But uh, look. We, we need to take a break, William. When, right, when cool. we come back, we're going to get get into our topic uh, for today, uh, which uh, yeah, which is kind of connected. But yeah, we're going to we're going to look at something uh, interesting, share some interesting information with with our listeners. But uh, uh, let's let's take a quick break. Uh, we're going to enjoy this lovely piece of music. Great is thy faithfulness. You're listening to Drive Time here on Faith FM. is 
thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with They fail not As thou hast been now Forever with me Summer and winter Springtime and harvest Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above Join with whole nature in manifold witness To thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love Great is thy faithfulness Thy faithfulness Morning by morning New mercies I see Oh, I have needed Thy hand hath provided Great is thy faithfulness Lord, unto me Faithfulness by Jimmy Needham. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time BQ&A with Joseph Matichich and Pastor William Moella. This week on Drive Time, we are looking at the whole topic of the church in an age of cultural change. And our question today is, has culture changed the church? William, uh, we uh, we started off uh, our show a bit looking at something that we're 
where people are, everyone's kind of wrestling with and faced with at the moment. But here we're wanting to look at, I guess, at broadly our culture, don't we? Um, yep. And how that has had an impact on, on the church. Um, so in order to understand that, is there any data, is there anything that you, that, that we have here that, that we want, we're going to look at, uh, as we unpack this, uh, today and, and as we continue it all this week here on Drive Time. Sure. So, um, basically what we're going to do this afternoon is we're going to look at a, a particular article. It's a really fascinating article, Joseph. I was reading it just, um, you know, today and kind of milling over the implications of the articles. And it, quite frankly, I was quite alarmed. Uh, by the the uh, the survey results that's come out of this particular article, so um, so basically it's an article called um, uh, American uh, Worldview Inventory 2020. So it's a little bit old; it's just a year old. But uh, the title is um, uh, "American Christians Are Redefining the Faith: Adherents Creating New Worldviews." Loosely tied to Bible teaching. Okay, sounds interesting. Yeah, so it's based, uh, this is an article from the Cultural Research Center um, over in the United States at Arizona Christian University. What so, is the Cultural Research Center? So basically, um, Cultural Research Center is a place in the Arizona Christian University that is looking at uh, surveys uh, that deal with faith and culture. Okay. How the culture and the world intersect. But Primarily, um, Joseph, the article really is taking its uh, its main uh, results from uh, the, the Barna Research Institute, known okay. as the Barna Group. So, the Barna Group, uh, for those who may not know, it's basically a, 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 a according to their website, it's a visionary research and resource company, and they're located in the states in California, and they started back in in the nineteen eighties. But what they do is they um, they do a whole bunch of surveys. Uh, uh, across various faith denominations. And then what they're trying to do, uh, Joseph, is trying to get to what's really happening in these churches. So they do a lot of uh, these mass, you know, study surveys mm-hmm. over, um, you know, X number of years and whatnot. But what they really do is they focus on the intersection of faith and culture. And so um, so the Barna Research Group uh, have uh, kind of at the forefront in terms of um, leading this type of research, what's actually going on in this, uh, particularly in the, the Christian faith community. So basically, uh, Joseph, what we want to share with our listeners today is um, this particular uh, article that was um, uh, based uh, by the Arizona Christian University. And what they're really, this article, saying is American Christians – now, I know we're in Australia, but I don't think we'd be too far off, uh, Joseph, in some of the assessment of um, of uh, what we're going to find at these uh, particular churches. But here's what it's saying. American Christians are redefining the faith, adherence creating new worldviews loosely tied to biblical teaching. And so what we're going to do today in, our, in the time we have with our viewers, our listeners, we're just going to kind of walk through the article. And what I'd really like for us to do, Joseph, is, um, you know, we'll, we'll po- probably pause, just reflect. Um, is this, uh, how does this line up with yep. Scripture? Yep. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I read the article, and I know you've read it as well, Joseph. And you know what? It is quite alarming. Um, basically, let me just spoil it. What it's saying is, the churches are drifting away from what these mainline churches have been preaching and teaching for, you know, since their inception. And I was reading it today, Joseph, and I was like, are you like, 
lack of better word. Are you serious? Mm. Some of the some of the percentages of uh, what th- these various uh, Christian faith denominations are believe. I mean, this is talking about real people in the pews. And I was reading it. I'm going. How can that be? I mean, I'm almost, almost shocked, for lack of a better word, uh, Joseph, mm, wow. that there's Christians who are actually, according to their research, yeah, uh, actually where they're at. So, so what we're looking at here, George Barner is a renowned, widely respected researcher, and as you said, since, since the eighties, so this has been he's been doing research for for many years, and now that uh, there's this whole organisation that, that that's based. So we're yep. we're not talking here, William, about um, some data from just a minuscule group of people or uh, a very small sampling. We're, we're talking about across the board. Yep. This gives us like a picture of, of the Christian church. Yes. Uh, and not too dissimilar here either, so we can we can draw some some interesting insights out. Now, you've already given us an intimation that there's some alarming things you, you've been alarmed by. So, why don't you begin by sharing some of the the findings from this report on um, uh, yeah, churches and their worldview? Now, worldview is how how we understand yeah. How we understand life, how, yeah. we, how we look at the worldview, and we, we, we've essentially, as, as Christians, Bible believers, we, we, we've looked at having a, a biblical, a Christian biblical worldview. Now, yeah. this is um, this could be challenging some of these yeah. things. So, uh, what are some of the findings, William? Yeah, and what 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 has this latest report uh, and research? Uh, what what's it showing us? Sure. So let's. Um We'll just dive right in. So um, this article begins saying this, um, American Christianity is undergoing a post-Christian reformation in italics with the nation's major Christian groups rapidly replacing traditional theological beliefs with the culture's secular values. Now, already that's a red flag. And look, this week we're talking about there's this intersection between church and culture. And today we're looking at the question, the church in an age of cultural change. Yes. So, um, the, it begins with a, a study from, you know, the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. They found, Joseph, that the nation's four main Christian groups and, um, I didn't really think of it that way till I read the article. So it really kind of, they really uh, diversify when we say Christians. There's different stripes of Christians. Sure. So here's what the article says. They found that the nation's four main Christian groups, and talking about the US, evangelicals, that's the first one, yep. Pentecostals and Charismatics, second, mainline Protestants, third, and I had a bit of a chuckle because um, um, right at the bottom of the article they mentioned uh, who, who, who they would consider mainline, but uh, going on the article, and Catholics are creating new worldviews that are loosely only loosely tied to the biblical teachings that have traditionally defined them. Okay, so wow, that's that is significant. So it's saying that they are developing these worldviews that are only loosely yeah. tied to, to to biblical teaching. Yeah. So there is this drift. This is what you're talking. Yeah. This, this is what you said at the outset. That there, there is this drift. Okay, um, give us some examples, perhaps. So, so if we go back to the article, it says the American Worldview Inventory 2020, uh, conducted by, you know, CRC Director of Research, Dr. George Barner. He surveyed 51 beliefs, um, Joseph, and behaviors among Christian groups. He found that rather than transforming the culture around them with biblical truth, the opposite is happening. Wow. 
American Christianity is rapidly conforming to the values of the post Christian secular culture. So here are some of the key findings from the survey, and there's probably four main ideas here. Uh, number one, evangelicals are embracing secularism. We'll just kind of list them and then we'll go back to them. Number one, evangelicals are embracing secularism. The second one um, says that Pentecostals and Charismatics take secularization a step further. Now, the article mentions that a bit um, in, in what way they do that. Um, also, the article says mainland, Pro- sorry, mainline <laughs> Protestants are the most secular of the four faith families. I found that quite interesting. Uh, and lastly, Catholics are increasingly secular and permissive. So when you go back to those four points, it's it's really interesting some of the stats that came out, uh, Joseph. For the first one, evangelicals are embracing secularism. It says a majority or 52% of evangelicals reject absolute moral truth now, did you just hear that? 52% of them. More than re- half. More than half. Mm. Reject um, moral, ab- absolute moral truth. Uh, 61% do not read the Bible on a daily basis. That's almost two-thirds of Christians yep. are not reading their Bibles yep. on a daily basis. Yep. And, yeah, it's pretty um, pretty alarming. And then it goes on to say that 75% believe that people are basically good. Which goes against the biblical notion that uh, it says that we're all sinners. Yeah. For all have sinned and all fall sinned, short yeah. of the glory of God. The Bible right. says the heart is desperately wicked and who can understand yeah. it? Uh, it provides a picture of, the, of a uh, fallen human nature. Yeah. Uh, and yet here we have three quarters essentially uh, denying that, yeah. that, that biblical that's picture. Right. So that's a, just a bit of a snapshot on evangelicals um, embracing secularism. Tell us a couple other statistics. Yeah. So there's a... Um, According to the Pentecostals and Charismatics, um, the article is saying they take it, they take this secularization a step further. And what they mean by that is two thirds of Pentecostals and Charismatics, which is 69% of their surveys, they reject absolute moral truth, just very similar to the evangelicals. It's higher. 54% yeah. are willing, are unwilling, sorry, to define human life as sacred. Mm. With half claiming the Bible is ambiguous in its teaching about abortion, and 69% say they prefer socialism to capitalism. Hmm. And then he goes on to say in this little bit here on Pentecostals and Charismatics, a full 45% did not qualify as born-again Christians. Now, obviously, within their questionnaire, they would have ascertained if they ticked this or that. that hmm. would. So that's pretty alarming as well, Joseph, that here is a huge population of Christianity, not just in the States, but across the world, the charismatic yes. movement. Here we're finding in the US, almost 70%, they reject absolute moral truth. Over half of them um, don't define human life as sacred. And 69% say they prefer socialism to capitalism. So that's pretty alarming, Joseph. I mean, we weren't privy to the survey questions and whatnot, you know, all the data. But, you know, it's that same line there. They're rejecting absolute moral truth. And I think that's a red flag for me, Joseph, because when it comes to the Bible, the Bible is the authority of the Christian. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where everything, that's the standard. That's the test. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So and 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 noticing how it affects some of the other groups there in in this report, William, it, it yeah. said that sixty um, percent uh, of mainline Protestants beliefs directly conflict with biblical teaching. 
60 percent that's uh that's that's rather rather scary uh even amongst catholics it says they're increasingly secular and permissive um they are more likely to accept uh relations sexual relations outside of marriage lying speeding refusal to pay repay a loan as morally acceptable behaviors so what we're finding is these people are christian in name william but their their um lifestyle is is not matching it yeah Um, i think there's a trend there um joseph when you when you go away from the Bible as your source of authority and and you know adhering to the the Bible as the Word of God, this is God. Paul says God breathed all scriptures given by inspiration of God. That beautiful passage, Second Timothy three sixteen. You take that out, what do you have left? Mm. You've got a man made subjective. Well, I'll take that part of the Bible and I'll, I like what Jesus said here, but I don't like what he said over there. Uh, I like kind of the book of Acts, but I'm not really keen on the book of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes a very, like choose. a smorgasbord, if you will. And I think this is a signs of the times. And so, yeah, look, we're not just talking, these are huge faith groups across the states. And, and William, you know, you, you quoted there that, you know, Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. Yeah. The the other key one that comes to my mind is uh, Romans chapter twelve, um, yeah. verses one and two. William, where where it tells us, um, therefore, in view of God's mercies, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. It's, yes. uh, Romans is that great book that that describes uh, the good news of the gospel and and. Uh, starts with the human condition of sinfulness and then the, the good news of the gospel and then how we can be made right with God. And um, after going on for 11 chapters, essentially outlining that, then it says in, in light of what the good news of the gospel, how we should live. And then it, here's what it comes to, verse 2. It says, uh, and do not be conformed to this world, oh, yes. but be transformed yeah. by the renewing of your mind yes. that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm. The, the 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 key there is it's saying that um, if we are to be um, truly believers in Jesus Christ, his, his followers, uh, true Christians, we will not be conformed to this world, but we'll be transformed uh, by the renewing of a mind. And so, are we are we conformers? Or are we transformers? Yeah, I, like I think it. that's a key. <laughs> Sounds and, like and, and what this uh, Barna research is showing us, William, is that sadly the church is becoming more and more conformed to the world, to society, to our culture, yep. to its values, to its norms, to its principles. And that, exactly. that, is, that is really, really a challenge. Yeah. We are called, Romans 12, do not be conformed, yes. but be transformed. Mm. I think that's part of the, the challenge we need to live. I think you just said it a few seconds ago, Joseph. We need to be in the world and not of it. And that's, that's, how, that's, that's part of the battle of being a Christian yes. because we're so exposed to the world and its culture and its, its subtle um, messaging through social media and movies, entertainment, the arts. And so, look, we understand that we're in a battle. Where this is Satan's playground. Well, you know? let, let's face it. I mean, you, you think of things that are essentially, you know, secular. William out there. Uh, when, when we list, when we just even watch the news, the news are usually full of stories yeah. of individuals uh, d- reporting on practices that are, uh, that are that are bad, that are terrible, that are immoral, that are. Um, 
not, not good as such. Uh, we think of music, music that is um, uh, glorifying humanity, yep. self, um, focused on the pleasure, on the here and the now, uh, entertainment that is about gratifying self. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so th- w- w- what... What I'm trying to just very simply illustrate from that, William, is essentially um, the values of our society, uh, as as exemplified through through media, through music, through uh, through just uh, yeah. uh, what we what we value as a society, are at odds, direct odds, with Christian biblical values, mm. with the teachings of Jesus. Um, yet this report is identifying for us that well. We do not live in a vacuum, William. None of us lives in a vacuum. We are surrounded by uh, secular, godless influences around us. And sadly, it's, it, it, this report is indicating that it's actually infiltrating and impacting uh, the Christian church. Yeah. And if it impacts totally it, agree. that would then that have an impact then on our, on our really our ability to witness to our, to our communities. You know, it's almost like the Bible writers were even aware of the constant pull of the world upon the believer. So you got Paul espousing this, you know, think of Rome and, and their entertainment that they were, you know, beguiling the, the whole nation and the whole world with. You know, then you've got the Apostle John, you know, that text in First uh, John 2.15, um, where he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Yeah, Anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And uh, he, he even um, he he clarifies what the word, what what he means in the next verse in verse sixteen he says for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life mm. is not of the father but is of the world yeah so when we're reading these statistics Joseph we're seeing that there is um there's a deviation from um, from God's ideal for his people. And look, we're not here to cast stones at them. This is us. This is the body of Christ. This, because this is happening in all churches. There is, we're, we're all impacted. We're yeah, all that's impacted. Right. That's right. And so, you know, we can read these statistics, um, and kind of, uh, you know, give it a, a general mm. kind of big picture outlook. But, you know, this is talking about personally, you know, we, we all wrestle with this notion of how do we, be authentic in our Christian experience. That's it. That's it. Um, William, we need to take a quick break. Yeah. But before we do that, before we do that, want to let our listeners know we've got a special offer. Okay. And uh, unlike uh, most of the offers, this is actually a little bit different. This is this is a a, a, a book, uh, and often we, we I know we do have books, but usually they're maybe like a, um, a more devotional. This one's this one's um, this is a book called Grounds for Belief. By Ed Dickerson, and uh, it's um, it's written in a different style, William. Um, but it's connected in a sense with what we're wrestling with here, what we're what we're looking at here. Um, in this in this book, Ed Dickerson uh, is looking at some of these questions, such as: Is there such a thing as truth anymore? Can we tell who is telling the truth? Um, and Ed Dickerson certainly thinks so. He specializes in making Christianity accessible to contemporary audiences. Now, uh, we're looking at the challenge that, that the church is facing, William, here, yeah. and how it's being changed. This book, this book here, Grounds for Belief, right. um, is, uh, is looking at um, how to um, make Christianity accessible to, to contemporary uh, audiences. 
Um, Sounds it, like a good book. Yeah, it, it's actually written in an interest, interesting way where um, yeah, it says there that seekers, debaters, the proud and the humble come to his Grounds for Belief Cafe. Um and uh, and and wrestle with 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 some of these things. Um, and and you so can see that's the cover here of the book. It's a, a young man with a kind of like a cup in his yeah. Hand, it's a so that's it. That's our offer. Uh, if you'd like to get today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA eighteen to o four double eight double eight o eight double one, and the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So text the code word SA18 to 0488880811 and uh, the Faith FM bot will then respond and get your details and uh, this book will be coming your way, Grounds for Belief. Um, so we, we're just going to uh, enjoy a little bit more music and then we're going to come straight back here on Drive Time. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming To cheer the wonder, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible when my heart is broken when sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Steps enlightened Teach me the danger Of these realms below That lamp of safety Or the gloom shall brighten That light alone The path of peace can show Give me the Bible Holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love 
shall vanish in eternal day, in eternal day, in eternal day. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, myself, Joseph Matisic, and my co-host today, William Mawella. We're looking at the, the topic of the church in an age of cultural change. And I uh, want to remind you again of the uh, the free offer that we have for you today, a great book that's called Grounds for Belief, written by Ed Dickerson. Uh, this book uh, is is an interesting one because it it goes uh, describes uh, people coming to what's called a Grounds for Belief cafe. Uh, um, some come for the baked goods and others for games. Some to condemn and some to praise. But all, including you, are welcome there. Uh, come along and eavesdrop on the conversations taking place. And don't be surprised if they turn up philosophical and then spiritual or if you find grounds for belief that really makes sense to you. Um, so this, if you'd like uh, to get today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA18 to 0488-880-811 and the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So text the code word SA18 uh, to our number if you'd like today's free offer. Well, William, we've been looking at the, the question today, has culture changed the church? And uh, we've been going through the uh, research done by the Barna Research Group, this uh, report uh, looking at this. What has it shown to us about this question? Has culture changed the church? Unfortunately, if we're going by the, the data of, from this article, it's saying that... Um the culture has indeed impacted the church in as much as the church has lost who who they are in a real sense. Um, just in the little time we got left, um, Joseph, um, there's a little section on talking about the Protestants and their particular um, uh, their survey respondents. So over, so this is quite quite alarming. But just let me give you the big ideas. There's kind of three big ideas that came. Now there's all percentages and all these data that I could share more. We don't have the time. But the three kind of key findings that came out of this uh, survey regarding the uh, mainline Protestants is number one: truth and morality are determined by the individual, not by God or the Bible. That is amazing. That's disturbing, isn't it? That that. Individuals are, putting themselves above God and the Bible. Yeah. I mean, f- n- not for numbers, but over 58%. Now, we're talking a mass. We're not talking just one particular church in the middle of a country town in the U.S. We're talking like over the whole spectrum that truth is determined by the individual, not by God or the Bible. You know, that is diametrically opposed to the scriptures. And look, I'm, I'm, my mind's just filled with verses that kind of say, no, it's not the individual that de- determines, defines truth. It's God. Let me go to the second point real quick, Joseph. It's uh, regarding the mainline Protestants. Um, life, now, now let me say, this is not everybody, but a large portion of them. Life has no inherent value or purpose, but we can make the most of it by doing things that produce personal happiness or satisfaction. The first thing I just thought of, Joseph, is life has no inherent value or purpose, mm. but we can make the most of it by doing things that produce personal happiness. That sounds like a person doesn't know God. That almost sounds like an atheist talking. 
No, no, no disrespect to atheists who are listening, but you know, a Christian stands on this sense of meaning. Jesus says, "I came that they may have life," and here are a group of Christians saying, "Hey, there's no purpose, no value. You, you make." What you will with your life, and that to me is is quite shocking. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think I've met a Christian Joseph who actually believes that, let alone thousands that you know that are have been surveyed. Um, so that's another red flag. And just very quickly, this uh, third little aspect here: traditional religious practices are neither considered to be central or essential uh, to their. Christian faith. Wow. So cr- traditional uh, religious so, practice. Such reading as- the Bible, you know, uh, spending time in, in personal devotion, uh, praise. I mean, you think of what a, a, what traditionally what, what a, a practicing believing Christian would do in their daily life and, you know, part church community and all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. What this survey is saying, Joseph, is it's not really important. Now, Either this is being made up or this is really a sad, sad, uh, it's actually a sad read, Joseph, mm. because it is far from what God intends for his church, his believers to think. Now, we, we have to kind of wrap this up, Joseph, and there's so much in this article. I mean, there it's just truth bomb after truth bomb. I mean, it's just it's a real wake-up call. Mm. Um, but let me kind of end on a couple of quotes right at the end that George Barner, as he kind of tabulated all these findings, this is what he said. He said, quote, American society has historically relied upon its Christian churches to educate people about morality, values, meaning, and purpose, and many of the practical realities about leading good life, Barnett explained. If the views of the people attending our Christian churches these days are any indication, we need to redirect our efforts for greater impact. So he's saying that, you know, the church stood for something. Mm. The church was the place where you came to hear the voice of God. You came to hear revelation. You came to get direction and meaning in your life. Now there is a generation of Christians saying, well, doesn't matter what the church says. Oh, don't worry about the Bible. We'll just create this as we go because what, what we know and understand now in the culture seems to be more fresh and relevant than the outdated book of the Bible. And that, yeah. that is scary. Yeah. And just lastly, this last little quote here, right at the end, uh, Joseph, because I know time's going away for us, but but this is pretty, um, this is where how Barnas sums up the whole article. He says this, quote, it's one thing for Americans to be confused on the finer points or even hotly debated elements of theology, Barna said. But for Americans to misunderstand... And we're talking here about Christians. Yeah, yeah, talking about Christians, yeah. yes. The, the people who are, you, yeah. You could say for Christians, yeah. For, for American, yeah, for Christians... Um, to misunderstand or to flat out reject the Bible as a foundational source of truth and moral guidance, to reject salvation by grace alone, and to reject core doctrines of the Christian faith points to a major crisis in our society. Hopefully bringing these issues to light can generate greater attention being paid to what matters and how to fix what's clearly broken. Mm. So there you have it. Wow, that is that is it's sober. That's really yeah. sobering, I should say. That that, that is really really sobering. Hey, can I just say something, uh, Joseph? I mean, we're not here to plug um, 
who we are as a group. But you know, I'm reading this. I'm a, I'm just going to let it out there for those who may not know. We are a Seventh Day Adventist ministry. I'm a Seventh Day Adventist pastor, a Christian. We would I would like to say we would be under the Protestant banner. We have challenges in our church, just like in all churches. Absolutely. But can I say something, Joseph? I'm kind of feeling a little bit proud at this moment. I don't think we're having conversations about throwing out the Bible or, you know, like I read it and it, it saddens me, but there's a little sense of my church believes the Bible. Yes. We believe in Jesus. We believe there's meaning. You go to any Adventist church across the country, across the world, the preacher is going to stand up and say, you have purpose in your life. So when I read this, it saddens me that there are believers in the world, in America, in this particular context, that don't believe. Mm. And, and that that's that's that's... That's pretty sad. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, we we uh, we point out because we want to we want to help. We want to minister. We want we want this to to be a significant blessing to people. And we yeah. want to bring out the fact that we need more than ever the Word of God uh, to be highlighted as as our ultimate foundation, yeah, William, uh, because it points us to to our Savior, who's called us to follow Him and to. To, to love him, to serve him, mm. and that calls us to a different way of living yes. and to share that great hope that we have with our, with our community. Absolutely. And so that's the whole purpose. That's, and that's one of the things we like to tackle here on, on, on Drive Time. Look, thank you, William. Our time has gone. We do need to finish up. And, um, and so, uh, we would like to, um, to thank you for joining us today here on, uh, Drive Time BQ&A. Uh, join us tomorrow when Gary Hodgkin and Eric Hall will look at the topic, Has Culture Changed Biblical Morality? I hope you can tune in then. But in the meantime, please remember what Jesus said when he said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you.